0: All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. So I have a lot to cover today because things have just been quite eventful lately and really just a roller coaster of emotions, honestly, between the Browns and Ohio State, um, college football in general, really. Um, So let's just get right into it. Um, But before the football portion, I did want to quickly discuss uh, a couple NBA things because there's actually been a lot of talk about Kyrie Irving lately, uh, which he definitely floats his way into the sports media and news every so often with the different things he is choosing to do and say. And this time, um, it is that Kyrie has made the choice to not talk to the media at all this season. He gave out some press release, um, kind of stating that's what he was going to do um, and that he's going to continue doing that throughout the remainder of this season. I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because I really, I do want to understand his perspective and where he's coming from on it. That like, it's hard to be in that kind of spotlight and have people constantly asking you things and criticizing what you are saying every time you give an answer to a question. Um, you know, clickbait headlines. I totally understand that's probably frustrating when you're like, no, you have to see, you know, the entire part of what I said um, rather than just, you know, a snid bit of it for, for the headline. But at the same time, I think he's a little bit too hard on the media you know, like he says that the media is constantly taking him out of context, but a lot of times when you do look at the full quotes and the full extent of what he said, it was just a direct quote and people, you know, decided how they felt about it and had their own interpretation of what it was that they said and what that meant to them. Um, so I I think he he uses that excuse a little bit too often to the point where where it becomes disingenuous because... He says it in situations when the media isn't actually taking him out of context. They're just reporting exactly what he said. So I get both sides, but it'll be super interesting to see just how this functions. I don't know if that even means like a sideline reporter wants to, you know, interview him at the end of a game if he just is going to say no and not even answer their questions. I'm not really sure to what extent this is going to exist. I don't know if I've seen. A player ever do this before maybe somebody has but especially a player the caliber of Kyrie Irving um, I, I just think it's interesting there's also been some talk of him lately because LeBron went on Road Trippin which is RJ Channing and Allie Clifton's podcast and he talked about a lot of different things one of those things being how his feelings were actually pretty hurt when he had heard that Kyrie um was talking about some things on Katie's podcast this was many many months ago but um I don't think LeBron has really talked about this publicly um, and basically what happened was Kyrie had said that being on the nets with KD was the first time he felt like he, he was playing with someone else who could make those shots down the line. And it wasn't on, all on Kyrie to, to be clutch and take those last shots and, and be the guy who could really hit it when you need it, uh, which obviously everybody took uh, as a dig towards LeBron. And that's kind of one of those scenarios where Kyrie was saying everyone was taking him out of context, but, like, that's clearly a dig towards LeBron because that's the big star player you have played with other than now KD. So, obviously, you're saying that LeBron was not able to do that when you played with him, which is just factually incorrect, LeBron- has had many clutch days in his career, and can make shots down the line. So can Kyrie. It was great to have more than one threat who could do things towards the end of a game. So I I get LeBron's, you know, being upset about that. I think that's worthy for him to be upset about that. He kind of went on to talk more about his relationship with Kyrie and how they just never really aligned, um, even though they won a championship together and had such a, A Cinderella story of coming down from 3-1 and winning it all and they still just like never fully aligned which is so crazy and and I really do feel like I believe LeBron when he says that he was just the biggest biggest champion of Kyrie he wanted to see him succeed he wanted him to be the best point guard in the league and to do all of those things so it's just unfortunate to hear that that's how Kyrie feels about LeBron when I truly don't think Kyrie would be who he is today had he not played with LeBron. LeBron helped escalate him up into the upper echelon of players in the NBA. Um, So it's just like sad, honestly, because they had such great moments together, and I don't know I don't know I, I thought Kyrie kind of got over his bitterness of it but it, it's still unfortunate to hear those things and I think LeBron's points are valid on it um, another thing that LeBron said I don't know if this was in road trip and or a different interview but he did talk about his contract obviously with the Lakers that was extended uh, and the year that his contract ends is the same year that uh, his son, Bronny, will be coming out of high school and at that point could potentially, depending on what the rules are, um, if you can, you know, go in the NBA just out of high school or if you have to play a year of college, who knows, those those rules change sometimes, uh, but he could potentially be going into the NBA then if he is good enough, still far far off from that, but um It was nice to hear LeBron acknowledge that, because that's been something that a lot of people have thought for a long time, that there is potential for LeBron to be able to play with his son in the NBA. So really excited to hear him officially acknowledge that out loud. I think he has a few times before, but every time he says it, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that could actually happen. Okay, getting into some college football now. So the Big Ten just really messed up big time this year, it feels like. Um, I mean, I just, I feel like they have not made the right choices throughout this year and they have put their teams in a poor position to have success in a year where it's really hard, uh, to play games in general. Um, and obviously the Ohio state game this coming weekend against that team up North was canceled because of. The COVID cases over there in in Ann Arbor, um, which is super unfortunate, because I was really looking forward to destroying them, but that's just not going to be able to happen. Um, luckily, the Big Ten did announce, you know, a few hours ago, as I am recording this, that. Um, They are going to remove the six game minimum, allowing Ohio State to go to the Big Ten Championship against Northwestern. Um, So Ohio State's only played five games and they originally would not have been able to go into that game um, having played less than six games. But you got to change the rules sometimes. And anyone who gets mad about that, I mean, you got to get over it because this year there are no rules. That is the rule is that there are none. Uh, You got to move with things as they ebb and flow and as they change and um, Ohio State needs to play in that game. It's It's the right thing for them to be in the Big Ten championship. I think that every single Big Ten team should be wanting Ohio State to be in that game and should be wanting Ohio State to get a spot in the college football playoff because Ohio State, whether people want to realize this or not, is the team that can bring a lot of money to this conference. If they go into the playoff, there is a certain amount of money that gets split between everyone in the Big Ten for having a team in the college football playoff, which is a huge deal. And it's in a time where there is a lot of economic despair, and these schools are struggling. They've already had to lay off people. Um, they've, you know, school. Some schools have had to cut sports, uh, and they will have to do more of that if they don't get any more revenue, which is super unfortunate. Um, but that's just where we're at right now, and whether people want to agree with it or not. Football pays a lot of people's bills. It really does. It gives jobs for you know yes people in sports and people who are a part of college football, but also people who are not just people in these universities. The money that comes in from having a good football program it matters a lot to these schools, and so every Big Ten team should want. Ohio State to be able to be in the Big Ten championship so that they have a chance at the college football playoff uh, because no other team in the Big Ten is going to be good enough to have that shot, really. Some could argue potentially Indiana, but I mean, they're on their third string quarterback right now, so I I don't know if if that has any uh, real chance of or had any real chance of happening. Ohio State is is the one who has a legitimate shot, and a lot of people think they are one of the best four teams in the country. So it re- at the end of the day, it's it's the right thing to do. Um, I mean, and a lot of the things that happened this year, it, it wasn't Ohio State's fault that they only played five games. I mean, two of the weeks their games were canceled was because of COVID outbreaks on the opposing team, not because of Ohio State. Um the Big Ten was in a tough position because they did not bake any bye weeks into their season because it started late and it was just supposed to be, you know, quick right in a row, a lot of games, which is super tough uh, when you're having all of these outbreaks happen at these these different campuses. So they weren't in a position to succeed, and I'm glad that the Big Ten at least did the right thing in allowing Ohio State to play against Northwestern in the Big Ten championship it's just sad that college football just hasn't felt the same this year, but hopefully we can appreciate it more next year when when things are better again. Uh, that's pretty much all I had for college football, but obviously I have to get in to my Cleveland Browns. I mean, what an incredible moment in time to be a Browns fan, which is not something that I usually think I would say I feel like I had more negative things to say today about Ohio State than the Browns, which is crazy because I'd, I've never lived in a time where I I had so many positive things to say about the Browns. So we're coming off of that 41 to 35 win against the Titans where we just I mean we absolutely dominated them, especially in the first half of that game the second half, I will say it made me a little bit nervous but I do think part of that was we just got lazy and we weren't playing aggressive anymore. If we were in a position where we had to have played more aggressive, I think we would have done so. But we got a little bit lazy, a little bit sloppy, um, which is something you obviously can't do when you play good teams because you will let them back in very quickly. Uh, And we almost did that (laughs) getting there down to the end. But at the end of the day, a win is a win. Baker was just incredible. He had, at the end of the game, 334 passing yards and four touchdowns. All those four touchdowns came in the first half. And if you follow along with any of my videos, I was talking about how he is the only quarterback in the NFL right now at this time, to have no interceptions in his last 150 attempts and also the only quarterback to have four touchdowns and a single half in a game. And he has done that in two games, the Cincinnati game uh, and this game against Tennessee, which is crazy. I mean, those are fantastic stats especially because you know our run game wasn't as strong in this game but we didn't even really need it to be as much usually we have to utilize our run game because we just can't get our pass game going as well Uh, but I mean our receivers were so good Jarvis Hollywood Higgins really stepped up they looked great Jarvis has two touchdowns two weeks in a row now which I'm really happy for him because he wasn't getting a lot of action in, in the majority of the early part of the season so it's good to see him having some success now too but going into the rest of the season now after that game we we have an honest shot against the Ravens I think you know we are two very different teams than the teams that we were back in week one when they completely demolished us you know I think they've lost some confidence I think a lot of people have figured out Lamar Jackson a little bit more I think we have gotten more confident um, more cohesive as a team and an organization you know Kevin Stefanski being a new head coach I'm sure game one of being a new head coach, it's hard to have that cohesiveness when you're playing a good team like the Ravens. But I think we've really been able to improve each week and build on a lot of things to get to the point where we could competitively play against the Ravens. So, I mean, I can't say for sure what's going to happen in that game. It just depends on what kind of teams we are on that day and who decides to show up and and play. Uh, But I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Then we have the Giants game, which that one is starting to worry me a little bit because they are a very different team than they were earlier on in the season. They just beat the Seahawks, which was pretty wild. Prior to that, their, their couple wins in a row were against... Worst teams. I can't remember who exactly they played, but I know when I looked at it, it was it was teams with pretty bad records. Um, but the Seahawks uh, have been struggling a little more lately, and the Giants were able to to capitalize on that and and get a win. So I think that's going to be a much tougher matchup because I think just like we are, the Giants are also peaking at the right time. We also obviously have the Jets, which I've mentioned. Um, I mean, they're garbage. They they almost beat the Raiders, but I think they purposely realized they they did not want to do that. They wanted to make sure that they lost that game in order to obviously get the first pick in the draft and get Trevor Lawrence because they just need help so desperately. So hopefully we can win that game. It would be pretty, pretty pathetic if we're not able to. And then we also have the Steelers. So the Steelers just lost the Washington football team, which nobody nobody saw coming. I don't know if I have seen a single person who predicted that game to go that way. But, I mean, hey, it, the, football is crazy. It, any team in the NFL can beat any other team. It's not like college football where it's as extreme. I mean, there are small differences in a game that that can change everything in the NFL. And I feel like the Steelers maybe are a team that peaked a little bit too early uh, where's the Washington football team starting to get it together, Alex Smith looked great. I, it, it's, it was good to see them play well. Chase Young looked phenomenal. Saw a great moment from Mike Tomlin telling him on the sidelines uh, that he never wants to be so bad that he is able to get a guy like Chase Young, basically saying that he never wants to have a team that's Horrible and ends up getting, you know, pick one, two, three early on in the draft. That they are capable of drafting someone as talented as a Chase Young, which I thought was kind of a nice moment. Um, and just good to have Chase Young acknowledged like that because he's just phenomenal. Um, but again, like that, anything can happen in that game. I, I don't know what kind of Steelers team. They will show up as because it is at the very end of the season, and at that point they probably will most likely have secured their spot as the winners of the division, so will they be sitting people in order not to get them hurt? Um, I don't know. So we'll have to see as we get closer, because it also depends on what what happens in their next few games. They do play the Bills still, who have looked really, really good, and have an actual shot at beating the Steelers as well, so who knows what what will happen but i do think that if they have to actually try in that game and and play their their legitimate, you know, first string team then it could be an interesting matchup. So, we'll see what happens there, but man, it is just it's so exciting to see the Browns really building on something and Watching you know, people all throughout sports media talking about that performance. And I do just want to say, prior to the game watching NFL Countdown, everyone had picked the Titans to beat the Browns, except for my girl Sam Ponder. She really has the Browns back, and I I love it. She was the only one to also pick the Browns uh, against the Cowboys way back in week four. I specifically remember that moment where I'm like, oh, we got this. Sam's the only one to pick us. Sam is right. And she did it again, and I had a good feeling about it going into the game because of that reason. So shout-out to Sam Ponder. B- big deal. I lo- love seeing that, the the one woman on screen, you know, picking picking the Browns. Uh, but, I mean, I, like I said, I don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the season, but watching the Browns play really good football this late in the game, you know, not blowing it. A couple of years ago when we were 7-4, and four, we ended up losing every game for the rest of the season, ending at seven and nine, which is super unfortunate. Um, but we're not doing that right now, you know. We're we're continuing to build and continuing to look good against good teams, um, which we obviously needed to because we had looked good against really bad teams for a while. Having the third easiest schedule in the NFL this year, we needed to be a good team and show that we could do that. Um, because before that, the Colts were the only team that was, you know, a decent team we beat. So it was it was necessary, and I think it's given all of our guys the respect that they deserve. Um, people still questioning Baker, of course, but they will always question Baker. I don't think people will ever stop questioning Baker. But it was good to see him start to get some more respect for his performance. Um, because the first half, like I said, nearly perfect Um Obviously, in the second half, he had the one mistake with a, with a fumble there on fourth, fourth and one, I believe. Uh, but other than that, he, he really looked phenomenal in that game, and I was proud to have him at, as our quarterback. So we'll see what happens, but keep on keeping on. Anything can happen in 2020. The Cleveland Browns are a, a really good football team. But that is all I have for you guys today. Um, make sure, as I mentioned last time, to check out the Just a Girl from Cleveland YouTube page or at Just a Girl from Cleapod Instagram account for all the short videos that I've been putting out. Um, just quick one, two-minute clips, um, different opinions right after Ohio State games, Browns games, all of those things, uh, and some fun sports fashion as well. But, yes, please leave me a podcast review on Apple Podcasts. Follow, subscribe, share with a friend all of the good stuff I always ask for. And I will catch you guys on the next one.